This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budget, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite. And right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Head to NetSuite.com slash C-Suite for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. NetSuite.com slash C-Suite. Small Biz America. The Brain. And we continue Small Biz America on The Brain with Vince Perry. He's been joining us. He's with the Perry Branding Group, perrybrandinggroup.com. Also, he's the author of Identity Crisis. Perry, welcome back. I'm sorry, Vince, welcome back. <laughs> you've, got, you've got one of those names. It's like me. I could be Wolf David, right? That's right. <laughs> All right. So, in our short time together uh, in this segment, uh, we decided offline that it would be a good idea to talk about a process you took a very well-known brand through. So let's talk about Lipitor. Yeah, Lipitor was a, we, it's a major success today, but when it was first coming out, no one realized why they would even need the product. It, it lowered cholesterol so much well beyond what the, the, daily, uh, the daily requirements uh, were that huh. doctors, both doctors and patients, said, why the hell do we need this? We already have enough on the market as it is. And so we did the kind of research that uh, you know that that I've been talking about so far, and examples like this are throughout my book. But what we did was we began to talk to doctors and patients about the whole nature of cholesterol and bringing it down. It's a symptomless condition; no one knows they have it until you diagnose it with a blood test. And the insight we came up with was both doctors and patients agreed that patients lie. They lie about exercising and they lie about dieting. And they'll tell their doctors, yes, I'm on a low-fat diet. No, I don't eat pizza anymore. And the doctors say, well, that's about 50% true. And the patients admit it's probably less than that. And so we discovered that Lipitor could really be used because unlike clinical trials, which have very, very carefully controlled diet and exercise regimens while while these subjects are on the drugs, Lipitor is the drug for the real world because it's cheating insurance. So we began to market Lipitor as cheating insurance. You know they're going to lie, and look what you're up against. You're not just up against high cholesterol levels. You're up against the cheeseburger. You're up against the Barker lounger. You're up against the sweetness of life, and it's almost impossible. It's against human nature to actually give that up. So what people were looking for when they were taking Lipitor is, look, I, I want to keep my cholesterol lower, but I want to keep doing the same things I'm doing. And Lipitor allows me to do that because it'll bring my levels down so low, regardless of whether or not I want to overindulge or I want to lie on the couch and watch a hockey game. So um, we positioned Lipitor very early on as cheating insurance. The first ad that we did for them was because cheating is in their blood, Lipitor, the statin with the best stats, and the yeah. is the class of drug that it was in. Yes. So and by the way, I'm a, I, I, I've taken statins for years, and I've gone through various uh, sorts of psychological feelings about the fact that I take them. 
But one thing I can tell you, and I don't know whether, uh, and I'm taking a generic form, but there's something about what you said that really registered with me. When I'm taking the drug and uh, sort of have a consciousness that I'm taking it, I absolutely feel like it gives me um, the ability to cheat and have a, and have that cheeseburger. It's so fascinating. As you said it, it was like, yeah, that's the emotional response I have. Well, that's the kind of digging you have to do. And in fact, it, that's an insight that works throughout any entrepreneurial uh, matter with a small business or anybody, really. Is yeah. Make sure you do the right kind of research. Make sure you do the kind of research that gets at those deep, deep emotional insights. Most people, whether they're in their healthcare business or they're not in the healthcare business in any business, they don't do the right research. Um, they ask a lot of questions about themselves. What do you like about the product? What are you expecting in the service? How often will you use it? What will you use it instead of? And what they're not realizing is they're not really getting at the emotional insight of why somebody. It's not who, what, where, when. It's why would someone engage your brand or service and uh, instead of others, there's a, a wonderful uh, uh, training that, that I do in some of my workshops where I have people try to sell each other lemons, and all they do is talk about the lemon instead of saying things like, what do you like to drink on a summer's day? Oh, a Corona beer or an iced tea? Well, this is the ideal lemon for your Corona beer or your iced tea. You begin to enter a person's life very, very selectively rather than try to shoehorn a brand into someone's life. You ask questions and do branding research, not advertising research. And that's a I think that's a real key insight that trans that transverses both healthcare branding and branding in general. People always ask the wrong questions. They ask very uh, inwardly focused questions about their product or service when they should be talking to the customer about their lives and how can they get inside that life and stay there and have that mental hook inside their head just like you have with the, the Lipitor brand. And, and keep a uh, create a habitual uh, reference uh, so that every time you have this beer or whatever it is, uh, you're going to put a lemon in it or what have you. Uh, but taking the existing lifestyle and finding a way in that way. If you, I'd like to unpack. We've got a couple minutes here, but to the extent possible, unpack the this so-called research that that entrepreneurs might think about doing in their small businesses to. Uh, I mean, it sounds like we're not, we, we have to know which questions to ask, and we're not always asking the right ones. You just said that. Can you give us a couple more examples of, of what that looks like? Yeah, sure. It, 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 it's counterintuitive because you want to try and exactly. tell people things. But yeah. um, you, if, if you try that off the bat, it really backfires because people just tune out or they give you answers that they think that you're looking for. You right, know? the focus group uh, dilemma, yeah. It is, it, it, exactly. So what you try to do is you, you don't ask them direct questions. You try to ask them what I call analogy questions, you know. If, if, if you could imagine a brand, okay, if you can imagine a brand that would be your ideal brand, but it wasn't a brand. Let's say if you could imagine the ideal brand of beer that would be a sport, what kind of sport would it be? And you get them to sort of think very imaginatively and say, well, it would be very refreshing, so it would be an outdoor sport. Um, it's something that I do with friends, so it might be a team sport. And you begin to get them to sort of break out of the normal way that they answer questions by getting, um, you know, getting them to, to give you these answers that, that are basically based in behavioral psychology. You know, fill in the blanks. Um, this brand of beer is to you as blank as to blank. 
and they begin to do these SAT analogies where they'll say, wow, <laughs> it would be like, uh, yeah. uh, I'd say it's like a reward. It's like a giving a reward to, uh, to a team for doing a good job, you know, and that's how yeah. they got this buds yeah. for you. Um, they asked the right question that people drank Budweiser as a reward for a hard day's work, and that's how they came up with that insight about this buds for you. So you're always asking questions in very different ways, not just okay. the same question and answer, but making play some games. All right, terrific. Excellent. We're coming up on uh, the end of the show here. i got to let you go. Here he is, Vince Perry, uh, the Perry Branding Group, perrybrandinggroup.com. He's the author of Identity Crisis, Keen Insights into the Success of Everyday Brands. Such good stuff today. Vince, thanks so much for joining us on the program. It was my pleasure, David. I'm happy to be here. Absolutely. That's our show for this week. Wishing you all uh, success in your coming week in your small business. Remember, you can find us at podcastandradio.com. Contact me to find out how you can have your own podcast or radio show. That's the business we're in, and uh, we help uh, thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and uh, authors and speakers do that. Have a great week. We'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.